You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Broadcasting from a hidden rebel fortress long forgotten since the days of the Clone Wars, Commanders Michael Cohen, Matthew Krenke, and their daring crew lead a rebel cell dedicated to bringing you stories of adventure and excitement from across the galaxy. Join them for tales of heroes from the dawn of the Resistance stretching back to the Old Republic. Tales of Jedi and Sith, rebels and Imperials, technological terrors, and fantastic creatures. Legends so great, you won't believe them. But it's true. All of it. So what are you waiting for? Strap in and get ready to make the jump with Rebel Cells, the Star Wars animation podcast. Hello there and welcome to the very first episode of the Rebel Cells Forces of Destiny recap. Uh, I am a special guest host on this episode, uh, Michael Cohen, and joining me for the first time on Rebel Cells is our new uh, our new host, one of our new hosts, uh, Cassie Scutch. Say hi, Cassie. Hey, Cassie. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, so... Uh, you might be wondering what this is in your feed. Uh, we're trying out something new. Uh, you guys who listen to uh, Rebel Cells and who've been listening to to the Clone Wars Special Edition episodes that we've been putting out recently know that we recently put out a call for a third chair uh, to join Matt and I. And we specifically asked for, um, for a female uh, co-host to join us on our regular recap episodes so whether we're doing clone wars uh or we're doing uh, the upcoming uh star wars resistance or whatever we were we were wanting somebody to join us i i used the analogy when i when i put out that call of like we're looking for the the ahsoka to matinize uh anakin and obi-wan and i and and you know we I didn't think about the context of that when I said it, but that's what we got. That's totally what we what we got with with you, Cassie. You you sent in an audition. Um, I was actually very impressed with your with your audition tape, just like when Matt sent his in, which is why I knew it was the perfect uh, uh, way to to find a new a new host. Um, but you're you're much younger than us, <laughs> and yeah. you haven't podcasted a lot, so. Um, as much as, as, uh, we want somebody to join us on the regular episodes and we're still going to be looking for another host to join us for those. Um, I thought what a great opportunity to get you on board and, uh, and covering some content that Matt and I have done a disservice to thus far. And that's right now going to be the forces of destiny content. So 
so for the for the next little bit, Cassie's going to be doing uh, regular recap episodes of all of the episodes of Forces of Destiny one by one, giving each one its own uh, space to breathe, talking about sort of what goes in to the episode, where it fits in the time period, how it relates to some of the other content, like if it's part of Star Wars Rebels or if it's part of the movies um, or sort of where it fits and who's involved and what those connections are. And I. Uh, and and she's gonna do it solo to begin with, just like I did when I started. Um, and uh, and and eventually Cassie will probably join us on some of the other shows. Um, but uh, but for now, Cassie's just gonna be running this show on her own, uh, talking about Forces of Destiny, and then eventually maybe the micro series, or uh, we've talked about maybe doing Ewoks or something like that, and bringing in another host to do that as well, whether it's me or Matt or, or maybe even Paul from, uh, the saga continues cause he had expressed interest in doing something like that. So, uh, the idea here is that rather than us start a brand new podcast on a completely different feed, what you guys, the listeners are going to be getting are a bunch of different types of content all within the rebel cells feed. We've we kind of tested that a little bit over the summer with uh, the Clone Wars special edition content, and you guys loved it. So this is us branching out a little bit more. Um, so that's the idea. That's the concept. Um, and I uh, I don't know, Cassie. Do what? Uh, I guess we'll introduce you. I've I've done ninety percent of the talking. We're only five minutes in. Probably yeah, I'm sitting either. here, I'm enjoying it. I'm like, oh, it's just like I'm like listening to the podcast like normal. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I need to talk at some point. Yeah, you will need to talk at some point. Um, <laughs> you'll learn that when you're on a podcast with me, it's a lot more listening than talking. But uh, but that's one of the reasons why you're going to be on your own for the <laughs> for these first little bits. Because uh, it's, uh, as Matt said when I said to him uh, I, the, the, the idea, uh, it's... I figured it would be a little bit difficult throwing you in the deep end um, with Matt and I when I get going on one of my rants on a on a diatribe off in a different direction. Um, it takes a little bit of getting used to and and being able to wrangle me and get your get get a word in edgewise. And both Matt and Curtis, my co-host from uh, Cartoon Afternoon, both said the same thing. It's like, yeah, I have a hard time getting a, a word in edgewise. So. Um, so yeah, being that you are a rookie, like I said, you, I, the, the analogy of an Ahsoka to our Anakin and Obi-Wan, uh, couldn't be more apt because you're coming in, uh, not with really very much experience. Um, and, uh, and so, uh, this is going to be a learning experience for you, but, um, but you don't have that much to learn because, because you've been a listener to rebel cells for a while, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you've been listening what since the beginning of Star Wars Rebels or yeah, or part way through Rebels? Rebels. I was a little, okay. I was a little bit younger, too young to be listening to podcasts. I feel like, which sounds dumb, but <laughs> when when Frontlines was happening, yeah. I was I was quite a quite a bit younger, obviously, than I am now, yeah. and not uh, as interested in podcasts as I am now. Cool. Um, so you're a Star Wars fan, obviously, a big oh Star goodness. Wars fan. 
big enough to to listen to us talk on a podcast um which i i count some of the like the people who listen to to rebel cells and Frontlines as some of the biggest star wars fans because if you're you're really like digging into the depths of the of the fandom when you pull us up um because you're looking for something very specific which is star wars animation right um either whether it's specifically clone wars or now with rebel cells kind of covering everything um so you're a big fan of Star Wars Rebels. Is that was that like one of the first things that you uh, got into with Star Wars, or were you a Star Wars fan before Rebels? No. So what's something that I've heard people talk about is that there are kids who grew up on the original trilogy. There's mm-hmm. kids who grew up on the prequel trilogy, and there's kids who grew up on the sequel trilogy, which I guess is happening now. But I was very much a kid who grew up on Clone Wars. Okay. Um. And, like, I've even found, like, old journals of mine from, like, when I was, like, very young. And it was, like, one of those things where you would, like, write your favorite show. And it was The Clone Wars. And I was, like, eight. (laughs) Um, So that's always just been, like, something growing up. And obviously we were introduced to the movies when I was probably, like, seven or so. Okay. Um, So it's always just been a part of my family and, like, growing up. And then once – it was always in the back. And then obviously the sequel trilogy came out and then that kind of like Disney buying Star Wars really just mm-hmm. like boosted everything because there's so much more content coming out. Yeah. Me to like indulge myself in. <laughs> awesome. So so you consider yourself a Clone Wars generation kid and uh, that couldn't be more appropriate for you to to be joining us on the podcast because obviously that's where we started. Um so that's really exciting. Like that, that in and of itself gets me really amped for, for your content because you're coming at this very much from a star Wars animation purist sort of ideology. Like you're like that clone Wars is your star Wars. And that's something that is so interesting because Matt and I would say that while we were in the midst of it, we would say, you can go back and listen to old episodes of Frontlines, and we'd be like, look, like like we're both OT kids I like me more so the special edition than the original but cuz I was kind of the era right I was 10 when the special edition came out um but I uh, well 10 11 maybe 12 I I but like that's that's what I grew up on Matt grew up on the original trilogy like in the theater and and uh, and on on VHS um but we we would talk about it all the time that like when people were like say when the Mandalorian arc with the first Mandalorian arc with Satine came out and we learned all this stuff about Mandalore and it contradicted the books and people really started to lose it a little bit. And we were like, well, hold up, that's old EU and that's and you're attached to that and but like there are kids now watching this for the first time this might be their first star wars they haven't even seen the movies yet and this is like they know they don't know anything else so you have to kind of respect where everybody's at with it so it's really cool to me that that you're a kid who grew up on the clone wars not necessarily saying that that's the first thing that you saw but that's what that it sounds like that's what ignited your fandom for star wars and so now for you to be on this podcast it's gonna that's gonna bring a really unique perspective, I think, to a lot of these characters, especially because Forces of Destiny specifically is so 
um, Clone Wars heavy with its content, whether it's Ahsoka or Padme. Um, there's there's a lot of really really great Clone Wars era content in there, so I think that's going to be really fun for the listeners, and I hope especially for listeners like myself and Matt, older guys, <laughs> to hear. Uh, a, a young woman talk about Star Wars and what it means to them. So, no, no pressure, but uh, <laughs> but uh, that's what I'm hoping you bring to the show. And based on look, based on the audition uh, tape that you that you sent in, um, that shows my age. I just said tape. It's a you recorded it on your phone. <laughs> there was no tape at any point in time. Um, but based on your audition that you sent in, you're gonna have no problem with that. Um, cause you did have some really cool insight and, uh, and that's the whole point. We wanted to bring in a few more voices to the podcast that are going to say something or think differently than Matt and I, because we tend to be mostly on the same page. Um, we have a few different opinions about things, but for the most part, we tend to agree. Um, so we want somebody to come in and shake it up a little bit. So that's, that's hopefully going to be you. Are you up to that task? Do you think you can do that? I, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Um, so Forces of Destiny, obviously you enjoy it, right? It's uh, You, you like yes. the show. Yes. I very much – I have a lot of friends around me who are, you know, the, the toxic part of the fandom okay. where they're uh, – they're kind of booing at it and I get yeah. in a lot of fights with those friends. Uh, <laughs> nice. Um, yeah. Always a good place to be in. Cause I, I, it's really easy. I think to be a naysayer and to be like, Oh, that's lame. Right. It's so easy, especially when you're younger, like when you get hit the teens all the way into like your mid to late twenties and some people even into their thirties, it's so easy to just be like, yeah, I saw that Avengers movie. It was kind of lame. Right. But uh, it I I find it much more fun and much more interesting to dig into stuff and find the things that you love about it. So, uh, yeah, it's, you're going to encounter that. Right. And and especially right now, there's like a weird thing with, like you said, the toxic fandom. Um, but I do. I think it's a vocal minority. And I think that one thing that we can do uh, and hopefully by doing this uh, sort of show within rebel cells is highlight some of the really great stuff and the reasons why something like forces of destiny actually enhances a viewing of the clone wars or the original trilogy or star wars rebels or the sequels um i just uh, i just came across an image the other day uh, um a sort of a bit of a meme um uh, on Facebook that somebody had posted, I think it had originally come from Tumblr that showed, uh, it showed the scene from, uh, the force awakens where, uh, where Unkar Plutt is offering to buy BB eight from Ray. And at first she takes all of the, the, the rations and then she looks down at BB eight and it sort of like has like three frames. She looks down at BB eight and then the fourth frame is her, being as a child being held by Unkar Plutt and screaming for her parents and then back to to Ray and saying like you know what he's not for sale um and the caption underneath it was the the quote from Kylo Ren from the last Jedi where he it says they they sold you for drinking money right and it's that thing of like the the people who want to hate on the last Jedi 
but like the force awakens that scene in the force awakens is so ridiculously powerful when you put it into that context that Ray knows deep down that her parents sold her for drinking money. And here she was about to sell BB eight, but here's this little lost droid. And that's why she commits to getting him back to the resistance. And, and, and it just like, it really shows the depth of her character and it shows, um, the, the collaborative storytelling at work. And so when people want to say things like, oh, JJ, JJ did a great job. Ryan's ruining everything that JJ did. I look at it and I go, are you kidding me? Ryan's film enhances that scene, which is already a great scene in The Force Awakens. But now every time I watch that movie, that's what I'm going to think of, right? And Forces of Destiny, likewise, has episodes within it, the first ones you're going to talk about, that, that I actually take place within the force awakens and enhance that relationship between BB eight and Ray. Right. And also build on the relationship with, with Tito and, and sort of put some context with him. And, uh, and, and it just, I don't know. I think that there's really great opportunity to talk about that stuff. And hopefully in the same way that I think Matt and I converted some people that didn't necessarily watch clone wars. I mean, I converted Matt to being a clone wars fan uh, from being somebody who was like, yeah, I'm kind of okay with this to being somebody who was all in and then eventually joined me on the podcast. But hopefully we can take some of those Clone Wars fans and Rebels fans and we can convert them to Forces of Destiny fans because I honestly think when you get into season two, you get into the episode with Luke uh, with his lightsaber and it's everything that everybody wanted out of Luke from The Last Jedi, it's in Forces of Destiny. And, and that's something that I don't think people who are, who are dismissing it, like you say, like your friends who they're kind of the little bit of that toxic fandom. Um, and they're going like, Oh, it's lame. Right. It's like, well, you're missing out on some really cool stuff. Actually, the, the stuff with Hera and the stuff with the Ewoks and, and, uh, yeah, I'm like, I just think that there's so much great stuff in it. So I'm really excited for you to go through and for us to finally have somebody, give forces of destiny it's due and actually talk about it on an episode by episode basis and how it connects into the larger saga and uh and the and into the standalone films and all of that stuff uh i don't really have a question at the end of that i don't what, what do you think no i'm just excited to have a reason to get in there a little bit more and and mm-hmm. kind of analyze the episodes more because I haven't had really the chance to do so, but now I, I, I have a reason to, um, and I'm excited to go in because I was seeing things going through this first episode that I definitely would not have noticed otherwise. Mm -hmm. And that definitely pushed the whole narrative along, uh, of the whole force awakens movie. Yeah. So, so so I, I think that's enough for our intro. I, uh, you're going to be sort of holding up the, the, the podcast feed for a little while until, uh, until we get a little bit closer to resistance. So Matt and I will be back with that. Um, like I said, we are still on the lookout for, for another uh, f- uh, female host to join us on uh, Rebel Cells for those regular episodes. Um, and, and I'm thinking that's probably somebody that, that'll eventually join you, Cassie, to talk about uh, maybe Ewoks or droids or something like that. Um, cause we have so much, there is actually a lot of animated content that we haven't covered yet that we can still go back and cover. So, 
the idea here is that we're building out uh, the Rebel Cells family so that uh, so that we can cover more content and uh, and just kind of when when there are gaps when Matt and I aren't necessarily recording that there are still episodes coming out on the feed so that uh, so that the listeners so that you guys have something to enjoy in those in those break periods. So with that, um, I'm going to hand it over to you, Cassie, and we're actually it's going to kind of flip and then we're going to have your regular episode. Um, and then from here on out, you're uh, you're on your own, kid. All you, right. You OK with that? You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna be all right. <laughs> uh, I think I'm gonna be good. Yeah. Okay. I think you will too. So I'm really excited. Um, and it, everything else is still the same. All of the the if you want to talk to to directly to Cassie about about the episodes or whatever, you can always email into rebelspodcast at gmail dot com. Tweet us at rebelspodcast and find us on Facebook, uh, facebook dot com slash rebelspodcast. Uh, and yeah, it's all, it's all, everything else is staying the same. We're not changing anything else. That's the whole idea. You don't have to go searching for this content. We're going to bring it right to you. Um, and we're just, we're just going to deliver more content. So I hope everybody's cool with that. Um, I'm sure they will be, I, more content is always a good thing in my opinion. I, but without further ado here, I'm going to hand it over to you, Cassie. Okay guys. So now we are here without Mike all by ourselves, and we're going to get started with the first episode of Forces of Destiny, which is Sands of Jakku. After rescuing BB-8 from Tito, Ray and BB-8 head towards her home as a night watcher worm watches them on their journey. BB-8 notices it and points it out to Ray, who first orders BB-8 not to move, but after the worm moves towards them, she changes her mind and tells BB-8 to run. The worm jumps out of the sand in front of Ray and tries to eat her. However, Ray shoves her quarterstaff into the worm's mouth so it can't close it. As they hurtle away from it, the worm launches the staff to them, yet Ray catches it with her right hand. The Nightwatcher worm then buries itself back in the sand and proceeds to crawl towards them again. BB-8 is snatched between the worm's teeth when it out of the blue leaps out only to go back underground. Ray then follows a trail so she can throw her quarterstaff at the worm to uncover it, spitting BB-8 out in the process. Ray catches him and runs up the ATAT to safety. When she takes note of the White Watcher worm still being hungry, she sacrifices some scrap metal on the walker to feed it. Okay, so so much, so much to discuss in one small little episode of three minutes of animation. And and when when Mike first asked me to do this, uh, do one episode of Forces of Destiny at a time, I was really confused. I asked him like three times, are you sure? Because I didn't think that there was going to be that much to talk about with each of these. But as I went through with this first episode and, and kind of took some notes and, and figured out what I was going to talk about here, I've, I've noticed there's quite a few things to talk about. And it's one of the first things that I love about Forces of Destiny is that it packs a bunch in there, even if at first you don't really see all that. Um, so first I'd like to talk about the just timeline of this because uh, at first when I first watched the episode I didn't really think about it I thought that maybe they were just walking through Jakku but when they say that these episodes for Rey take place in between when she finds BB-8 and when she goes to Ankar uh, they're not kidding. They're not kidding when they say that that's the amount of time, that's the space of time that they're doing this because she's, they're coming back in this episode. They're coming back from Ray rescuing BB-8 from Tito. 
directly afterwards. They're walking back to her, her AT, ATAT. Um, and I thought that was really interesting to think about, like, maybe those are just things that happen on Jakku. And maybe that's, like, an added little bit of things that are going on on Jakku. Like, that's normal because that happened in such a short span of time. And it's not only that it's right there and that's what happened, you know, in between this time, but this definitely could have been something that had been cut out of The Force Awakens. Definitely, I can see why they wouldn't have put this in, but I imagine that if I know, you know, the story group the way I do, and I mean, not personally, but as being a fan, uh, I'm sure they already had this planned out and this was something that they knew had happened. Uh, just based on also, we'll talk about a little bit later, just Ray's kind of, I don't want to say arc because this is a three minute short, but there was kind of a change in her mindset throughout this episode. Um, and so I think that was part of it. And so I think they had this planned out over time, but the fact that this happens in the middle of The Force Awakens tells me that it is part of that story and it is important to The Force Awakens, um, Something that happened in The Force Awakens that doesn't really matter in The Force Awakens, but I love that they added in here is uh, BB-8 having his antenna bent. Because if you pay attention during this episode, his antenna is still bent. Um, She kind of fixes it in The Force Awakens, but it never really sticks up right again. Um, And if you look in the Adam in this episode, he's got a little curved antenna. Uh, It just adds to this continuity and the, the thought that the story group and the writers of this really put into uh, episodes like this, which is something that is quite impressive. Something I also wanted to get into a little bit here was just the Nightwatch Worm itself. Um, I love how they're adding new creatures um, as they go. They won't... the. We've heard a lot of people talking about how the universe is too small, they're using too many creatures over and over again, and, and a lot of times I agree, you know, we visit the same planet, same characters, same creatures, but uh, I love this Nightwatch worm because not only is it new, but it's almost, it's almost original, but it's, it's, it is original, but it's taking kind of thoughts from other creatures within the universe, or species, I guess, um, I was trying to kind of figure out what the little periscope head of his, um, the little deceptive head of his, um, reminded me of, and I, and I could only really come up with, like, a mixture between an Ethorian and Poggle the Lesser, um, which makes me laugh to kind of think about, but, um, it seems familiar, but I can also not think of anything that's exactly the way that it looks, and the way that it the way that the design of the Night Watcher worm is deceptive, the way its head sticks out, if it even is his head because his mouth is very much detached, um, I would love, love to see detailed anatomy of this Night not Watcher worm. I'm kidding, of course. But um, the way his head sticks out, you know, you imagine he's going to look one way and then the entire body comes out, you're, oh, he's really big. <laughs> um And, of course, I'm somebody who's really interested in um, why creatures are the way they are. So I was sitting there, I was like, oh, he's not getting sunburned or dehydrated because only a little bit of himself is sticking out of the sand. You know, his body is is being cooled under the sand, but he can still see visibly outside. But I'm sure that wasn't, you know, the thought of the creators who were making uh, the Night Watcher worm. But, of course, that's where my brain 
automatically went. Um, I love this, though, in, in the sense of just predatory, um, his predatory abilities, because he's able to look to go see, but he's also not threatening, and you're not, his prey is not going to be able to see him, even though, I guess, his prey is trash, literal trash, but obviously at some point he does try to eat Ray. So, I mean, he does have some live prey. And, of course, again, this is me just talking about biology because that's I'm a nerd. Um, <laughs> um, no, but I, I, loved, I loved the way that they had this creature, and it, and it really served for the Jakku Desert itself. It was a good... It was a good fit for the terrain. I remember hearing, um, when I was younger, I loved Animal Planet. This is going way, I'm talking way about biology, but uh, this is where my mind goes. I'm going to talk about the animal itself. Um, I would watch Animal Planet and they had one of those shows that was like, I can't believe I'm alive or I shouldn't be alive. It was something, something like that. And I, in hindsight, I know that this is fake. Um, in fact, I don't even think it was one of those. I think it was, it was, like a scary story show but there is stories of this giant worm um in the desert that would like eat people and I not until now I do not I didn't realize that was totally fake but now I realize that it is completely uh fantasy whatever this program was I was watching but I remember it it must just be some kind of folklore but I was uh I remember hearing about this giant worm and it would just come out and eat people, plate, things, whatever. And I, I, I guess this is almost like an archetype of scary monster creatures in the desert. Um, and I like how they adapted that, not only just as a new creature for Star Wars that's interesting, but also has characteristics of some other creatures we've seen within the story, but also kind of kept with the the things we already know within just normal human lore and and things that make sense uh towards the terrain and I'm going to stop talking about biology now because I do that constantly uh you should hear me during school or when me and my friend go hiking it's a problem okay so moving on I guess um we get the line at the end of the episode and we're not we're not done yet but i'm this is my my stream of consciousness so we get the line at the end of the episode um of bba asking uh how did you find me i think somewhere it said that that's what he asked and ray answering i'm just lucky i guess and that's an obvious nod and an obvious them telling us but not actually telling us that of course it wasn't that she was lucky she was using the force what did we hear in episode four from obi-wan in my opinion there's no such thing as luck of course she she says she's lucky but her, just by her saying that we know that that's not luck, that is her using the Force. And even at one point during this episode, uh, I remember there's a moment of stillness, and it's when she was trying to find... Oh, wow, I just made that connection in my head now. It was when she was trying to find BB-8. 
and we have a moment of pause and there's quiet and she's just kind of looking around and we hear a little bit Ray's theme was kind of going through and then we hear the first couple notes of the force theme tell me that that's not telling you something Ooh, that makes me excited to think about um yeah so it's obvious that that's they were it wasn't luck she doesn't know that it's not luck to her it is luck she thinks she's just a lucky person she's not a lucky person well she is and is not uh she has the force and that's something that she's gotten used to but she just thinks it's luck uh which is another thing that it's it's kind of interesting to look back on in in the last jedi you know she says uh there's something that's always been in me but now it's awake i'm paraphrasing i'm sh- that's not the exact line um and yes the the force has always been inside of her it's always been a part of her but it wasn't just like this moment where it like snapped and it clicked and suddenly she could use the force and do all these amazing things it was she's been using the force in moments of need the force makes itself available sure I feel like I've read that someplace um I know I was reading the Leia Princess of Alderaan novel and they don't explicitly come out and say it's the force but it's heavily implied um during a scene spoilers if you haven't read it where she is rock climbing um and one of her wires breaks and suddenly something washes over her and she instinctually figured knows what to do and everybody everybody's confused because her she did something amazing of course I don't exactly remember but I I remember I was like oh okay good like here's our first documented moment of Leia using the force you know Carrie Poppins you're you're not special uh we have we have a novelization of Leia at 16 using the force and it's because she needed it it was because her wire broke and she I believe was trying to save a friend um and that's what's happening here as well uh Ray's trying to save a friend and the force made itself available for her I'm sure the force has made itself available other times as well um you don't you don't live that long in the Jakku desert (laughs) without um having a little bit of extra help uh, especially not with kind of the positive mindset that they try to play Ray off as having. Um, I just thought it was really, I I love the kind of, you don't, unless you're paying attention, you don't get that. You don't understand that, oh, well, her saying I'm just lucky, you know, you, you can pull that back to episode four and luck is not a thing and it's the force and there was even this moment when she was trying to I'm par- um, of course I'm just rehashing what I just said but she used the force and that was it was a great addition to the story that again they they didn't have this in the movie because it would have kind of given it away I feel like in the force awakens there was um they didn't really want you to know that Rey was going to be the Jedi I think they wanted you to think it was going to be Finn um, and even in all the concept, not concept, the uh, promotional posters, Finn had the lightsaber, correct? Um, so they wouldn't have had this in the movie, but it's it's something that happened within the movie. It's just great. I keep repeating myself. Let's move on. 
Um, so lastly, I just kind of wanted to talk a little bit about the this episode in terms of Forces of Destiny as a whole and kind of the messages it's trying to send. Uh, I love Forces of Destiny. I love it, I love it, I love it. Um, because we didn't have anything for when I was first getting into Star Wars. We didn't have anything specifically for me um, at the time that was an eight or nine year old girl. Um, we didn't have anything that was promoting strength and wisdom, but also compassion at the same time, which Forces of Destiny does beautifully. And, and I'll talk about how that relates to this episode, although I'm sure you can already kind of figure it out. Um, we never really got that when I was younger. Um, we never even really got characters that we could not relate with, but I know... I would play with my cousins. We would play Star Wars, and I could be Leia, Padme, and then towards the end there, I was I could play as Ahsoka. And yes, those are three fantastic, amazing characters. But my cousins, my brothers, my friends at school—I was the girl who would play with all the little boys. Um, we would, we would. They got so many options, and I, I got three. And two of those, they would just tell me, oh, we're going to save you now. Um, and that was never fun. I don't want to be the girl who's being saved. And and now not only are we getting, you know, Forces of Destiny highlighting these strong female characters, but we're also getting those in the mainstream of Star Wars, which I heavily, heavily appreciate. But the mainstream of Star Wars is often not, I wouldn't say not appropriate, but it's not ideal for some of these younger girls, which is part of why I love Forces of Destiny because one of the things that may turn younger girls off from Star Wars is that it's too violent or that it's complicated and they use big words and it's adults. And I love Forces of Destiny because it doesn't dumb it down for them, but it makes it more accessible for them. It makes it more of an enjoyable experience for them to watch and it represents these younger girls a lot better. It's also teaching them fantastic lessons. Ray. Ray fights true fights. You know, she she's strong and she she defeats this the night watcher worm, this uh, technically monster. That's what a little girl would say. It's a monster. Uh she fights it with strength, but she also outsmarts it. And in the end, she's compassionate and she sees that it it was it wasn't attacking because it was mean. It wasn't attacking because it just wanted to eat her it was attacking because it was hungry and it hadn't had anything to eat all day and she even says that and she and then feeds it which teaches a lesson that I think a lot of people could learn not just little girls but it's a great place to start in teaching these little girls is that instead of looking at why somebody's attacking you and 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 being well they're just attacking because they're mean you think well why are they doing that and how can I help and that's that's a just a such a great lesson for for anybody to learn um especially you know little girls there's a lot of bullying you you grew up being with bullying being a pretty big problem and a lot of times we're told that it's not us it's them and they they may have problems with themselves and that's it's a way for girls to also see like okay maybe maybe they do need some help. Maybe they need to talk to somebody. Maybe I can be their friend. And it's a way to kind of teach them to turn these things around. And, and I, I 
feel kind of cliche having to uh, go resort to uh, equating this um, episode and this idea to bullying, but that's, I mean, that's one of the things that the girls who are watching this, not just the girls, the boys, not just the little girls and little boys, but the big men and women too. I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. Um, but it's, it's a great way to introduce those ideas. And when a lot of the entertainment for children nowadays is not as wholesome as we would like it to be. Um, I don't know. I I babysit occasionally and and I'm kind of confused by a lot of the things I I see kids watch. Um beyond just the messages that Forces of Destiny presents for this younger audience. I'm also I also love the way that Forces of Destiny is able to not only I mean, I just said this, but it presents these great ideas and this it's entertaining for a younger audience. But in the grand scheme of Star Wars, these stories are important. They may not be as important as one of the saga movies. They aren't even as important, maybe even as an episode of Rebels. Sometimes they can be. I think that this episode is more important than certain episodes of Rebels. I mean, we were given an insight into Rey's life on Jakku, not only that, but the fact that she has been using the Force and she doesn't really count it as that. She doesn't realize that's what it is. Forces of Destiny does a really good job at connecting between certain time periods that we don't always get a whole lot of information about. Um, you know, especially here in, here in the sequel trilogy, we're getting a lot of information. We we later on get episodes um, after the Battle of Endor, which we never hear about the cleanup of Battle of Endor, which I'm sure was immense, and we get a lot of that. Um, one of the things that I find my favorite thing of Star Wars this is why I love Star Wars. I don't want to, um, I don't want to say that this is why everybody loves Star Wars, but for me and for a lot of my friends, the reason we love Star Wars is that everything connects. It's the same reason why some people love math is because everything adds up and everything has an answer. Uh, I love Star Wars because you can watch one movie and then watch another and find connections between the two and you can do that and it's a whole web. And I love Forces of Destiny because it adds little tiny bits to that web. Um, And no matter how small, it's important to make the web whole. Um, That's even... I, Maz, Maz's um, kind of intro to each episode of Forces of Destiny even hints at this. She says, uh, moments both big and small shape us into forces of destiny. Um, and that explains more to, I think, it's explaining up to the older audience saying, you know, pay attention to this because it does have to do with the other movies even if you don't think so. Even if you don't think this is important if you look at it and you pay attention, you can use it towards your knowledge, towards other mediums of our content, um, which I love. Um, it's just, I don't think a lot of people get that. I think a lot of people look at Forces of Destiny and they see short stories. And I've heard a lot of people being like, 
saying things about how this doesn't deserve to be in the canon, this is stupid, why did we add this? It's not making any difference to you. If you're not watching it, it's not making any difference. Um, You're just missing out on little bits of canon. It's not like it's changing what's already out there. Um, It's enhancing it. It's enhancing it heavily. In fact, I I haven't used that word in my head yet, but that's how I would describe Forces of Destiny. It's what's coming to my brain now. It's enhancing what's already out there. It's giving, it's giving these little boosts of knowledge to the little bits that we already have and, and helping us glue them together. Um, a lot of people would also talk about Forces of Destiny and, and say, well, the animation sucks. People don't like this 2D animation. And I, I won't lie, I wasn't a huge fan of it at first. Um, I was too fond of Lucasfilm's 3D animation. I still, that's still my favorite way that they do it. I'm a little nervous about resistance, but I'm going to wait till I see some more concept art before I pass any judgments. Um, because I, I love 3D animation and a lot of people saw this 2D and they thought, oh, their quality's, their quality's going down. But I don't think it's that at all. I think the target audience target audience it catches their eye more this 2d bright colored 2d animation catches the eye of younger children much more than this kind of neutral colored 3d animation um this one's easier for them to watch and understand what's going on and see everything and and for a short story i think that that's a perfect format. I think that the 2D is perfect for this. Not only is it easier for them to produce and get out, but it's it's easier for us to take in and understand. And it may not be as impressive and cool looking as the 3D animation, but I like it. I don't think it's bad. I don't get where people are coming from saying that it is bad. It is not what we're used to, um, but it is not bad animation in the, in the end. Um, and just some of my counterpoints coming from um, the point of view of somebody who is very much pro Forces of Destiny. I don't know if we talk, we talked about this earlier, how I'm part of, I'm part of some groups at home who um, like to poo-poo on Forces of Destiny and, and even Rebels. And I, we, getting a lot of fights. I am part of a Star Wars club at my school, um, and I am the resident, uh, animation expert, um, and people always come to me and be like, why is this like that? Why is that like that? And, and I, I, I'm always, I'm always gonna fight for Lucasfilm animation, um, even if resistance isn't what we want it to be, but I'm I'm very hopeful. And Forces of Destiny is no different. I do think we'll and we'll get to this in a couple episodes with um Padawan Path. Uh could have done a little bit better on Anakin. Wish you would wish you guys could see the way I'm just staring up into the sky right now. Um I love Forces of Destiny. I think they did a fantastic job on it. I think for the purposes it is meant to make the purposes it is meant to have, it is doing a good job. It is doing a fantastic job. And I really appreciate the animation team at Lucasfilm 
deciding to do this and putting this out there and making a change for the better for the good of all Star Wars fans, not just, you know, the older male demographic. Um, And I mean, that's coming from me where I'm middle female demographic. Um, I'm not I'm not even the target demographic of this, even though you might hear my voice and think, oh, she's nine. I'm not nine. Um, the actions that Lucasfilm has made, um, the choices they have made as well, are shaping Star Wars into be something that is inclusive for everybody. And I think Forces of Destiny and including Rey as a main character was a huge, huge step in the right direction. Um, and I, I wish I could express more than just how I've been rambling over and over again about how I feel. I wish I could explain more, um, to the effect of that. Um, but I've talked your ear off already. Um, and I think it's about time we close out the episode. So thanks for listening. And as always, you can stay up to date with all the latest in Star Wars animation news by heading to rebelcells.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash rebelspodcast and on Twitter at rebelspodcast. You can also follow me on Twitter at Cassie Scutch, that's C-A-S-S-I-E-S-C-U-T-C-H. And of course, we're part of the Thunderquack Network. Head to thunderquack.com to check out all the other podcasts in the network. And if you'd like to support us, you can do that in one of two ways. First, by heading to store.thunderquack.com to pick up some merch, or by heading to patreon.com slash thunderquack and pledging your support. Your monthly pledge gives you access to cool exclusives like the Thunderquack podcast and the Thunderquack group on Facebook. Um, Again, I'd like to thank you guys for sticking through here with me. If you wouldn't mind, it would mean everything to me if you'd stick with me a couple more episodes. I know it was a little rough today. Um, I'm going to try to get used to it. This is my first podcast. It's still a little rough. I promise I will hit my stride here in in one or two weeks. Um, I should be back next week with another episode. Um, I should be back weekly until we are done with Forces of Destiny. And then after that, who knows? It's a long way away. Oh, before I go, um, I remembered about halfway halfway after recording it. Um, I have committed one of my cardinal sins. I misquoted Mr. Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, I said, in my opinion, there's no such thing as luck. I'm sure you guys know the line is, uh, in my experience, there's no such thing as luck. So I apologize for that. That was bothering me that I messed that up and I needed to correct myself. But anyway, thank you guys so much for listening and we should be back next week.